Welcome to the Wellness Phenoms, a podcast about the joys and struggles of life. The show will hit on topics such as mental health, fitness, finances, and spirituality. We are your hosts, Logan and Josh, two friends sharing our experiences with the world in an effort to help others. We are by no means experts, just highly passionate about these topics and eager to challenge ourselves and those around us. Hey, Phenoms, welcome back. Today is episode 46, Flipping Weakness into Strength. To learn more about us in the show, check us out at www.wellnessphenoms.com. And while you are there, check out our patron program where you can make a pledge to support the show financially. You can also follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Wellness Phenoms. So today we're kind of just talking about weaknesses, um, which obviously are kind of, you know, something that all of us have. You know, it's it's kind of just a fact of life that everybody has some sort of weakness. Um, and, uh, you know, it really though, I think that when we, when we all look at weakness, we look at it as a, as a major detractor in our lives. And I think that really a lot of times weakness can actually be one of our strengths as well. Um, and so we kind of want to talk about really, you know, what if you could take your weaknesses and flip it into a strength and, and kind of what that looks like and, and how that works. And, um, you know, I think that, you know, when we start talking about that, one of the biggest things is that, you know, I think that just by having a weakness in and of itself, it, it teaches us a lot of stuff. So, you know, it, even if it can't be flipped into say a quote unquote strength of ours, you know, just by merely having and experiencing and dealing with weakness in our own lives, it can teach us so much. Yeah, I think too, you know, kind of getting in tune with yourself and kind of really being open-minded when you're um, kind of looking at yourself and seeing what you find as weaknesses or or strengths is is very important. Um, You know, it kind of plays to that uh, ability to have emotional intelligence if you can um, really identify those weaknesses and then um, work through them and figure out ways to maybe make them beneficial. Because in the end, our strengths and our weaknesses are still part of us and, and who we are as people. So I think um, definitely being aware, number one, is is, is huge, huge in being able to uh, use them positively. Yeah, no doubt. And I think that, you know, oftentimes in life we pinpoint our weaknesses. And I, I think that, you know, sometimes when we do that, you know, some people are just like, well, it's part of who I am, right? So I'm just there it is, you know, and, and they don't really do anything with it. Um, or sometimes I think that people get like a little hyper-focused perhaps on trying to get rid of it, you know, and, and change themselves, which, you know, I think certainly there might be some weaknesses out there that, you know, especially if you yourself identify a weakness and you think that it just needs to be gone (laughs) and you need to work at getting rid of it, you know, that's not always a bad thing, but I think sometimes there's that middle ground of what we're talking about today where could that weakness actually be turned into a strength? And, and that's something that, you know, I think is, is a very important thing to do, but it's a really kind of like a skill that you have to, to learn and to build up and, and be able to kind of 
practice and hone in and, and, you know, it's probably even a little different for each weakness, depending on what, what that weakness is, you know? Yeah. I can think, you know, for me personally, I have, uh, you know, I have a hot temper, um, which I think is, is a weakness, uh, easy to get frustrated and, um, and then that's something if I don't harness it, that I'm quick to react and, and, you know, react kind of in an emotional way more than a, a logical way. So I think that, you know, me personally, I've, I've found, um, through trials and, and, um, you know, my, when I had the DUI, there's a lot of things I couldn't control that were extremely frustrating. And I think that helped me kind of step back and just kind of say, you know, I'm going to, I knew that it was an issue and I'm going to try and adjust it in a way that I can be positive in the face of adversity, basically. And, you know, over time, it wasn't easy at first, but I think over time I've learned personally to kind of either internally breathe a couple of times or, or cause I can feel it cause I've, I've gotten that familiarity with my body and I know I can be short tempered. Um, and just that awareness has helped me to kind of take two steps back. If I'm, if I feel it flustering inside of me or building inside of me, I can take a break and, and, um, really manage the situation and kind of, you know, I'm not necessarily using my, um, uh, aggression in a positive way because more controlling it and taming it that way that I can interact in a professional and more uh, positive way and more efficient way, I think, because really all the aggression does is get in the way of what I'm trying to communicate anyway. Yeah. You know, one thing though, because, you know, there, and I think you break, bring up a really good example. Um, one that I can kind of relate with is that, you know, there, there, I wouldn't say that I'm hot tempered a lot, but there have been times like, especially if I'm just really annoyed with something, um, it can kind of spike up my, <laughs> my, uh, ability to kind of snap back real yeah. quick. But, you know, what I've found with that and kind of what you're talking about here is that sometimes when I'm in those frames of mind, it, it's such a deep seated feeling when those times occur that it, a lot of times, like I'll, I'll have a, a tough time, like formulating my words, you know, like I, I know what I want to say, but, but I, like pulling the words out to say it can sometimes be tough. Mm-hmm. And, and in those moments, what I've found for myself is that it, it brings all those words right there because it, it's like this, like, I, you know, you, you almost get so heated that you're just like ready to blurt it out. Yeah. But what I found is that like what you're talking about, if I just take a few moments to kind of, to breathe, gather myself and I can respond in a much more professional or positive way. But now because of how, like I felt that and how quickly it just erupted this like response. It's like fight or flight almost. Yeah. And it brings the words that I typically would have had a hard time finding um, right up to the top. And if I take that time, like you're talking about, to just kind of breathe through it, slow down, don't respond negatively, but now I've got all of the verbal ammunition that I needed to to respond 
you know, verbally how I wanted to, you know, and, and with the words that I wanted to say. And so, you know, I, I think that that could actually turn into a strength provided that, you know, like you said, you, you take that moment of heated temper, right. And, and slow that aggression down so that it's not coming across as aggressive, but like in my lane, I can do, like, it helps bring what I want to say to light. Yeah. And I think, you know, those are good examples of how, um, you know, sometimes we want to get rid of our weakness or, or hide our weakness or, or not even, you know, like push it aside and not deal with it. And I think that that can be very risky because in my example, like, let's say I'm, I know I'm hot headed, but I try to just push it away. Well, that's not going to deal with it at all. That's just going to let it fester until it does blow up and show its head. Um, so I think that, you know, when you are analyzing your yourself and, and things you find might be a weakness, um, really trying to find ways to, to kind of cope with them and, and, um, build, build up checks within yourself or whatever it might be to, to help you kind of tame it. Yeah. I think it's, it's majorly finding like, uh, a healthy balance between, you know, what, what this weakness is and how it could maybe benefit you as well. And, and finding that middle ground in between so that you're getting a good operational level out of whatever it might be. And we'll talk about more of these um, coming up here, but this is just one example of many um, that like, if you find that middle ground and you can tame down the, the one side of it, all the while still using it to benefit you, you know, it, it becomes kind of a beautiful thing. Yeah. You know, um, and it doesn't have to be a weakness so much. And, um, so, you know, I think that, that when, when we start talking about this stuff though, it's, it's really important to, um, first, I think they'll be able to like identify those perceived weaknesses. Yeah. I think that's a big, definitely the first step is, is kind of finding out what, what you do perceive as a weakness. And, um, you know, it's always interesting because I think sometimes we perceive things as weaknesses that actually might not be weaknesses. Yeah. Um, but it just depends on you and, and uh, kind of where you are and in your personality too. Um, and, you know, when you're looking at things that are could potentially be weaknesses, it might be, you know, some things to think about could be things that maybe get in your way or, or cause you maybe delay or, or um, just kind of get become a block or a barrier in your path. Yeah. And I think once, you know, we get to the point that we've kind of identified those perceived weaknesses, um, which can be one of the more difficult things. I think then it's kind of like sitting down and actually evaluating these, you know, quote unquote perceived weaknesses. And I, I say quote unquote perceived weaknesses because like Josh just said, you know, sometimes there's things that, you know, we, we think are a weakness and they're not at all. And other things we might think are a strength and they might actually be a bit more of a weakness. I mean, it can go back and forth and vice versa. And it really, I think it's up to you how you're using these and deploying these things in your, your own life and under what circumstances you are. And so I think that the evaluation piece of it is, is really big, um, is to really determine like, what is this, for me, you know, and, and I think kind of taking a good hard look at like how you're using this perceived weakness 
in your life and, and whether it is actually a weakness for you or not. Um, and if it could be something that turns into a strength, then I think that with doing that, you kind of need to really almost set up like a pros and cons list, you know, and, and evaluate it from different perspectives and, and different situations that you might run into ones that you have in the past and, and really, you know, just fully evaluate it. And, and then from there, I mean, then we start talking about actually, is this something that, that we want to get rid of period? Like, is this just such a hardcore weakness that, that it, there's nothing about it that's going to turn positive for us. Is it, it really at that point, just a bad habit, mm-hmm. you know, do we need to just get rid of it or do we cultivate it? Yeah, I think, um, definitely the pros and cons list is huge to get you to the point where you can decide if you need to get rid of it or cultivate it. Um, uh, one thing I was thinking when he was talking about evaluating though, is, uh, you know, make sure it's an open and honest evaluation. And sometimes that could be painful, but, really diving deep into yourself and, and looking at what is a weakness and what is a strength. And, you know, also keeping in mind that sometimes our weaknesses are strengths in different areas of our life. Um, and that can help. I think if you do that deep evaluation on deciding if you need to get rid of it or cultivate it, cause you know, some, some things just in certain situations are weak and, and other ones that could really help you. Yeah. Well, and I think that's, you know, much of like, you know, with this wellness stuff, right, is you brought up a couple good points is, is a, you know, uh, much of what we're doing when we are talking about wellness is, you know, really having these very deep seated, honest, raw, internal conversations with ourselves and actually evaluating a lot of stuff in a really real way. And I mean, I I think that's where progress starts to kick in, right? And and we can actually start to um, inset a layer of actual positive change because if 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 we can't do that, you know, it's it's very difficult. Yeah. And you know, I just think that you know, being able to do that is really not only necessary, but it's a huge first step. Definitely, I think it's huge to. To get you on the right path and make sure you're not just, you know, because if you don't commit to it and you don't be honest with yourself, you're really just wasting your time, I think. And, and you're never going to get to the to the growth or the point you could if you really were open and honest. Right. And then, you know, the other other piece of it is that, you know, that I, I like that you brought up is that this isn't n- none of this stuff is like a one size fits all type thing. Every, you know, you know perceived weakness, for example, in every single situation might be completely different. In one situation, it might be a flat out strength and another situation, it might cause great demise, you know, like it, it's, it really depends. And I think that that's, you know, where, where, when you get to the evaluate stage of all this stuff, that's why it takes such a hard raw look at everything and being completely honest with yourself and, and, you know, spending more than just a couple minutes, like mm, yay or nay, good or bad, pro mm-hmm. or con, right? Like you, you actually need to think about it in numerous contexts of your life and, and multiple situations and, um, different temperaments. And, you know, it, it, it can really change drastically based off what, what context you're placing it in. 
Yeah, and I mean, this is evaluating, and like Logan said, every aspect of your life, I mean, you can look at things like just simple interactions with the people in your lives and see how how do these interactions turn out? When do they go bad? Why do they go bad? Um, is it something I'm doing? Is it something they're doing? Uh, there's a million questions you can ask, but, you know, I think with me and, and working with my uh, temper or aggressiveness, I guess you could call it, um, was really, I kind of practiced talking to people and interacting with people and would leave interactions and say, well, and actually have like a deep thought about the whole conversation or the whole interaction, um, whether they were good or bad, and kind of play back in my mind, well, why did this one go good and this one maybe went a little bit awry and I didn't like how it ended or how it got to where it got. Um, and by doing that, it taught me a lot about myself personally and how I kind of reacted to situations. And sometimes it was just, that's how that person was that day. And, um, you know, there's only so much you can do in those situations. So I think just being open and really, you know, setting aside the time, cause it's not just interacting with people, but then when you're done going back and kind of replaying it in your mind on how, this was a good one. How, you know, why did this work? Why did this one not? Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, I think a, a point that brings to light is it, it does take some time too. This yeah. is not an overnight type ordeal, you know? Um, and some of these things can be honed over many, many years, honestly. Um, and it's, it's definitely something that will likely be a, a major work in progress for a long time. And you just get better and better and better at it because like me knowing you, Josh, so well, like, you know, I know that you can have a, a bit of a temper only because you've told me, Yeah, you know, I mean, I've never actually seen you in a situation where I was like, Ooh, dude, dude <laughs> dude's got a hot head, right? Like yeah. it, it just doesn't, you know, because you've, worked so hard throughout the course of time, you have a high level of emotional intelligence that like you've honed in on that and, and worked at it, that it's not a very prominent thing. I don't think that if you, if you didn't really tell people at this point that they'd probably really know, you know, maybe in your past before yeah, I knew you, I don't know. But um, since I've known you, it's never been an apparent, like obvious thing. You know? Thank you. I'm glad it, I mean, it's nice to, to see it pay off and I can even see it just in my day to day. I mean, it's amazing once you kind of hone in on that and you can feel it, um, how you can avoid it and really just kind of process through it. Yeah. It's a huge, huge thing. Um, and we kind of wanted to talk about a few of the other, you know, there's just a little list of things that we've made that can kind of, um, you know, I think a lot of them for me, that I've just observed within my own self, but, um, I happen to be fairly OCD with stuff. Um, and, um, that's definitely something that I always kind of perceived as a weakness, but now more present time, I start to, you know, because of all my evaluation and assessing and, and whatnot. Um, and also through therapy and just my own, personal endeavors to kind of look at stuff, I've, I've altered it and switched what I used to perceive as being a weakness of mine is actually now being, um, definitely one of my major strengths. You know, it, it kind of keeps me on point with stuff. It makes me, um, analyze things in a different way. 
Um, and that kind of ties in for me, like overthinking, you know, again, and I've, I've even talked about it on this show, you know, that like my overthinking a lot of times has sent me down crazy rabbit holes that, that can be wasteful of a lot of time. It can be emotionally draining, things like that. But on the flip side, you know, there are strengths within that too. And, you know, I think for me, that's a huge one of finding that middle ground because I can overthink something into a major negative if I want to. Um, But I can overthink something just the right amount where, you know, okay, I've thought about it. Maybe what just, you know, the average person might look at it and think about it. Right. And then I go just a little bit above and beyond that now where I'm like, okay, let's just maybe take a moment more (laughs) and, and assess this a little further. And I found that there is some benefit into doing that and it saves me a lot of time and effort, but I have to be very, very careful that I don't go off into this rabbit hole where, you know, then I just start tearing it apart because I'm overthinking it 10 ways from Sunday and, you know, put yeah. myself in a bad situation with it. Yeah. I also think, you know, uh, another one's probably pretty common is being lazy or, or maybe having a attraction to laziness. Um, me personally, I think, uh, you know, I, I think deep down I, my body and I enjoy relaxing and vegetating and, um, but at the same time, I'm not, I don't like being stuck in the house. So it's, it's kind of a weird balance, but, um, as far as it goes with like self care, I definitely feel like in the lazy times they become less frequent when I'm doing my self care and staying on top of my self care. Uh, one example for me is I doing fitness is like a huge thing for me, um, and usually I'm one thing I've noticed about my personality is I'm either 100 percent in or 100 percent out. There really is like no middle ground for me, so. Um, you know, I got in great shape last summer and finished up some rides in the fall and then really decided I was going to take a break and give my body a rest, which is something you need to do. Um, but I always end up falling into this like deep set of laziness. that just goes on for months. I mean, I probably finished up in November was the last workout regimen I was really doing and I've done a couple workouts in between then and literally today I'm starting a new regiment and that's eight months of nothing <laughs> because yeah. I don't know what it is. I have a weakness where I'm, and it is, it's, it's I'm either a hundred percent or I'm zero. It's just crazy. Um, but for me, you know, working through that one is, is really, and I'm still working on it, but finding a balance when I need rest to still give myself physical activity to not get out of that routine because I feel like when I fall out of that routine, it just creates a very big problem. Um, cause kind of for me really self-care in, in the fitness realm is kind of my, I'd say my balanced state when I'm working out and I'm reading and I'm doing the things I should be doing in wellness. Um, everything else is easier in my life. So I think, you know, a weakness that I have to work on and constantly be aware of is falling into that, a desire for laziness or, or relaxation, I guess, where it just gets out of control. Yeah. Well, cause I mean, that's, that's a, a perfect example of where you really do need to find balance because, you know, sometimes that lazy mindset can guide you 
to maybe enacting some better self-care for yourself, right? Like taking some time to rest your body, making sure you're getting good sleep, you know, um, things that when we get go, 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 you know, I, I know for me, like when I start getting deep into my workouts and whatnot, I, I sometimes overwork myself and then I start to draw out some of those things I should be doing to care for myself, like stretching or, you know, taking some downtime to just relax, you know, what have you. But I think with what you were saying is like finding that good balance because, you know, laziness could be to some extent, again, a strength. Yeah. So long as you maintain it and you cultivate it to be that respite. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and to an extent to which it is helpful and doesn't become a detractor. And, and I think that's much with a lot of these. And I think that, you know, for each person, things are probably going to look a lot different, you know, because what might, you know, not be a huge weakness of ours might be a huge weakness for you and vice versa. You know, something that you excel at, we might be horrible at, you know? And, and so it's really just, I think for all of these things, finding how does it fit within our lives and, and then how do we balance it appropriately so that it works for us, you know? And some other examples of this stuff is like being too caring or not caring enough. You know, um, I think that, that those are big ones for a lot of people that, you know, sometimes they give way too much emotional energy to other people, um, that they're starting to drain their own cup, you know, and they're not, they don't have, they're not caring for themselves. They're spending all of their time caring for everybody else. And that could be a major weakness, but, but if you reined that back and found a middle ground where you're able to care for yourself, but then also care for others as well, an appropriate amount, Mm -hmm. you know, then it can be a good thing. And, and same on the reverse of that is that if you're not caring enough, I mean, sometimes that can be good for people because you don't get distracted too much. You're maybe more focused on you, but where the weakness is, is that now maybe you're letting relationships suffer because you aren't caring enough. So maybe there's things going off on the sidelines with friends or family or whatever that maybe you should be giving a little bit more attention to. Um, you know, so, so it can be a good thing and a bad thing. Right. But again, it's finding that middle ground, right. Where you're kind of putting your blinders on so that you can focus on yourself enough. But when, when something does creep up that should have some attention and you should maybe be a bit more caring, you can kind of run to that aid and be like, okay, this is a moment I need to be present. I need to be helpful and care for my friends, family, whatever the case, you know? Yeah. Another good one I think is missed or maybe not always perceived as a weakness, but, um, bad attitude. Um, I feel like that's a big, big one just because it, it really affects your entire being. Um, if you let it take over and, and, uh, you know, let's say you wake up every day and you're just frustrated with where you are, you're frustrated with how work's going or how family's going or, um, any number of things, um, by having the bad attitude or, or the bad approach to it, it really programs you to be in a negative space, which I think hinders your ability to really deal with those things and grow. Yeah. Nope. You are 100% right there. And I think that a lot of times that people, I think they start to, especially people with a bad attitude, I think a lot of times they're constantly framing everything else as everybody else's problem. This is not 
you know, why is this happening that, you know, and that everything is bad, you know, but, but they, I think a lot of times forget to look at themselves and realize that, you know, life is full of difficulties at times. And, you know, Josh and I were just talking about some of this stuff earlier today. You know, the, the reality is, is that things happen period. And I think that you have to be in a mindset to be able to really be able to filter this stuff through and not like, I don't know, the, the negative mindset's just not doing anybody any good. And I, I, I think that, you know, to me, when I start to look at, at bad attitudes, to me, this is, is even far more than just, you know, a, a weakness. I mean, it is a major weakness, but it's almost just a bad habit, period. And it's something that I think really just needs to go for most people. And if you can spin that one into a strength, I'd love to see it and hear about it. Um, but it's, it's, a, it's a tough thing for people to get through, and it's a horrible mindset to try and get out of. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, just thinking back to me working through my um, temperament and stuff, I remember when I was kind of analyzing interactions and analyzing um, things that were going on or interactions with people, um, I kind of came to a realization of, like, when people – overreact or have a bad attitude or are super aggressive. There's probably something underlying that's, that's messing with them or, or has them upset that they haven't dealt with. So like you think of, I think of like traffic, you know, the guy that cuts you off and because you got in front of him or didn't get out of their way fast enough or flicks you off or shows you some sign of aggression at the grocery store or something. Um, I think a lot of times if we think back to those interactions, it's not a lot that we did. It might be something we did, but a lot of times it's something that person's dealing with that they haven't really dealt with. Yep. Um, and I think that, you know, looking at it from a weakness, having that bad attitude or that negative interaction with somebody can have lasting effects. I mean, depending on how bad it gets. Yeah. I think the only thing that, you know, I can see like really bad attitude affecting is, is the person that's on the receiving end of that yeah. is, and, not that we want to be on that end of things, but the reality is, is it, it does, it gives us that little bit of like, you know, gosh, I don't want to be like that. Or, you know, maybe gives us a moment to step in and, and be a listening ear too, you know? Cause that's a lot of times what I would lean towards is kind of like, I wonder what this person's going through that has them this upset. Yeah. And listen, or if, I mean, if you can't listen, then, you know, you just think hopefully they work it out some other way than the way they're doing it now. Yeah. You know, and there's, there's so, so, so many more things that can be a weakness that, that we can turn into a strength. Um, and I think that really this is going to come down to just a, a, an overall self-evaluation of, of kind of like a soul searching moment of trying to figure out, you know, what it is in your life and, and how it affects you and how it can maybe be different. Um, and, you know, I did a, a thing a while back. Um, this was through therapy um, and it was not for this purpose, but I ended up finding it kind of relevant to, to all of this, but I had to do this deal where my therapist told me to, basically go out and identify several people very close to me and ask them to give 
the first five descriptive words that came to mind um, for me and through their eyes, essentially, um, good or bad. And um, I thought it was a a very eye-opening experience because, um, you know, it not only did it let me see what other people um, perceived me as, um, but I think a lot of that tied into things that I thought were weaknesses for myself. A lot of the things that that I felt like maybe I was doing too much or too little of, um, people saw that very differently from the outside. And I, I thought that it was just a really, really great experience, but it helped me learn a lot about myself and, and what the people closest to me actually viewed me as. Yeah, I think it's a great tool um, using those in your circle to really kind of get outside your head. Because I think a lot of times, you know, maybe A, we're afraid to ask those that are close to us for input, but um, and maybe out of fear of what they might say. So it does take some, I would say, a large amount of confidence to be able to put yourself in a place to receive their, their uh, feedback. But also, you know, we're typically our own worst critics. And um, I think by using Logan's example of, of having people close to you uh, give their opinion can help, like he said, really reframe some of our thoughts about ourselves. Yeah. And, you know, well, I think that to just reiterate, because I think that this is what almost all of this stuff comes down to, but a lot of turning weakness into strength really just comes down to cultivating that weakness kind of into the strength that you want it to be. And, and really a lot of that comes with finding this, this balance and, and being able to, again, have that very honest, raw conversation with yourself about what your weaknesses are, reaching out and being vulnerable and asking people close to you, you know, about, you know, not only how they perceive you, but furthering that conversation into other stuff too. And, and, you know, just having discussions and, you know, that's a lot of like what I think for, for Josh and I, how this show even came to fruition, because, you know, we were sitting down and we were talking about very real raw things, things that, that are going well in our lives, things that are going horribly in our lives and, and being able to kind of like put our heads together and find a better path. And, um, you know, I think that that's, that's a huge part of this, but, um, I think, you know, we can learn a lot more from ourselves than we give ourselves credit for if we just actually sit down and have that raw, real conversation, but then talk with others that we, we truly, um, value their input as well. And it, it, all of that combined can make a huge, huge difference. Yeah. And for those people that don't, maybe there's people listening that are thinking, well, I don't know who I would ask. Um, I would challenge you to find people that you are comfortable with having those conversations with. I think everybody needs that support group in life. And, and, um, you know, I've heard it said the person that'll tell you when your zipper's down in public, yeah. um, you know, there's, there's people that'll let you walk around with it all day and there's people that'll tell you and make sure you're aware of it. So, um, just find those people that'll give you the f- positive feedback, but also the feedback that may be hard to hear, but you need to hear. Yeah. Um, well, it's time for the afterthought, where we leave you with quotes, challenges, and other thoughtful moments. Um, today, we want to challenge you to get with three people closest to you 
and ask them to describe to you in five words, good or bad. Um, ask them to be brutally honest. Um, and take these words from each person and use them to self-evaluate. What are you doing well? And what are you doing not so well? And then we want to leave you with a quote here. And this is a little bit uh, longer quote here, but this is by uh, Jocko Willink um, that he put in one of his books. And um, this kind of, I think, embodies some of the you know stuff that we were talking about before, how weakness can be a strength, but a strength can also turn into a weakness as well. And um, I just thought it was a pretty powerful quote. So again, this is by Jocko Willink. And the quote is, as with many of the dichotomies of leadership, a person's biggest strength can be his greatest weakness when he doesn't know how to balance it. A leader's best quality might be her aggressiveness, but if she goes too far, she can become reckless. A leader's best quality might be his confidence, but when he becomes overconfident, he doesn't listen to others. And again, that's a quote by Jocko Willink. Don't forget to check out our website at www.wellnessphenoms.com and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Wellness Phenoms. Go subscribe to make sure you don't miss new episodes. You can also drop a review on the Apple Podcast app. Alrighty, Phenoms, until next time, enjoy the journey and stay well.